Hello, New Jersey Devils fans, and welcome to the Locked On Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julia Kender, and I'm here to bring you the latest and greatest in Devils news and analytics. So let's start off with Saturday's game, shall we? The Devils won 1-0 against the Vancouver Canucks. The big story for the media was Hughes against Hughes, but the big story here is the Devils win. This win is the second in a row for the Devils, following their win against the Rangers last Thursday where they won 5-2. Both of these wins have been huge for the team. So how did we get here? What clicked? To put it simply, the team finally clicked. They began playing as one team, as opposed to a bunch of separate players. It seems that the leaders in the locker room really stepped up and got the team on one page, and they were able to finally pull out that win. A few nights prior, we saw P.K. Subban post on Instagram, uh, and the caption was, Family sticks together. And I think that this was really big for morale. Another big thing for morale is Andy Green was finally back. Captain Andy Green, after being out for 10 games with a broken finger. You can't tell me that his presence out on the ice, in the locker room, and on that penalty kill weren't missed. Which brings me into my next thing about what clicked for the New Jersey Devils. I think special teams really started clicking. I saw it change against the Rangers, but I really saw it on Saturday against the Canucks. On Saturday, they were 1-4 on the power play, which isn't really impressive. However, they kept the Canucks to 0 out of 7 on their own power play. So the Devils killed all 7 penalty kills that they were faced against. There probably should be something said about all the penalties that the Devils took, but it's better for my health to focus on the fact that they killed 23 minutes worth of penalties and didn't let in a single goal on their penalty kill. The Devils penalty kill, which I noticed changing during the Rangers game as I said, I think it had a lot of improvements. So the improvements are like things like uh, constant up ice pressure. Uh, They pressured the Canucks at neutral zone entries especially. They had strong puck pressure throughout the penalty kill. They weren't really allowing the Canucks to set up. They stayed aggressive, and they really stayed on the puck. So that's kind of different from how they were in the beginning of the season where, you know, teams would enter their neutral zone, teams would enter their zone, and they would just get set up right away. This time, or the past two games, I guess, the Devils have kind of changed that. They've really added pressure and added this aggression on their penalty kill, on their special teams, that wasn't there before. And it's been really helpful to the team. And you can see that as they killed all seven penalties. So that's pretty huge for them. On the special teams, they really started playing like a team. And I know I already mentioned that once, but they just seem to be clicking as a team finally. And it's really great to see. Other things that help create a sense of unity, believe it or not, is blocked shots. And the Devils have had a good amount of blocked shots the past two games. So I believe that blocked shots create this like morale among the team. 
because it shows that everybody wants to win when somebody's out there sacrificing their body. Like, it shows that everyone wants to pull their weight. It shows that everybody wants to get this win no matter how they can get it. So I think that block shots are really big and the fact that the Devils have seen a lot more block shots the past two games is really positive. Now, let's get into something that I like to call rookie recap. I think it's easy to decipher who I'm going to be talking about here. It's first overall Jack Hughes. Hughes scored his first NHL goal against his brother's team and in front of like 60 or 70 family members. And boy, what a first goal it was. It was a beautiful pass from Taylor Hall across the ice, through some Canucks, and Hughes just got it in the back of the net. And it was a beautiful first goal, and you could tell he was so relieved after scoring it. Um, And it's just something we've seen from him now, is this confidence growing on the ice. Where he seemed a bit shaky in the first few games, he seemed to relax more into himself lately. I think we're going to see a lot of Jack Hughes goals coming up in this upcoming season. I think that this is just the start for him. I think that he, I mean, okay, listen, the Devils know who they drafted in Jack Hughes. And just because we haven't really seen that person yet, I mean, you have to admit, he's a rookie. There's going to be some developmental little period like trial period or growing period whatever you want to call it but I think he's growing out of it now I think that he had that little bit of time where he was like okay I'm in the show like this is real and now he's kind of coming into himself and becoming that player that we know that he can be the player that we drafted him to be okay So that's enough for one first overall pick. Let's get into the other two on the New Jersey Devils. So Nico Heashier signed a seven-year contract extension on Friday with an annual average value of $7.25 million, worth $50.75 million overall. Um, This contract means a lot for the team. It's Nico saying he's here, like he wants to be here. This is where he wants to play. It means a lot for this for this state, for this city, that this is where he wants to be. He didn't wait out. He didn't wait to see if the cap would rise. He didn't wait to see if something else would come along better for him. And he didn't want a bridge deal. He's all in. He wanted to sign early, and he wanted to stay in New Jersey. And I think that's really huge for us. I think that's great for the team. I think that's great for all the players on the team to see. I think it's great for fans to see. And I'm overall really happy with this deal for Nico. He's a great player. Uh, We all know what he can do. And I think that he's going to... He's going to be really good for us for a really long time. And with this talk about Nico's contract, I think it's only natural that we get into Taylor Hall's impending UFA status. Um, Nico and Taylor are close. And we all know that. We all know Taylor kind of 
took Nico another first overall under his wing, and I feel like that's kind of what they're doing to Jack Hughes this year, too. Um, and Ray Shiro even said when he told Taylor about Nico's contract, he just got the smile on his face, and he was like, that's really great. Um, so what does this mean for Taylor? Because they play well together, they enjoy playing together, so now that Nico signed, will Taylor sign? I am not one to speculate because, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, yes, he will or no, he won't and have that be law. But I don't know. I think that this might be a really good sign of faith for Taylor Hall with this New Jersey Devils club. I think that this might be something that he was looking for, something that he kind of need like an incentive that he needed to want to sign again. Nico wants to be here. Nico really wants to be here. He signed early. He's here. Taylor might see that and be like, well, all right, maybe I'll maybe that's what I want. Maybe New Jersey is where I should be. And if this kid is so sure about it, why am I not so sure about it, you know? So I feel like this might be some incentive to get the balls moving on Taylor Hall's contract. Um, I'm not saying anything's going to come of it, but I think that it's a really good start. So now I'm going to play a clip of Ray Shiro talking before the game the other day about Taylor Hall and the Nico Heat-Shiro contract. Yeah, I think with Taylor, it's uh, I, they're both separate, uh, and I, I, they're separate because I could get ahead of this one. You know, as of July, I wanted to start talking to Nico and did that, but it was really in person before training camp, and uh, and so as I said, having that clarity and certainty to me does help in terms of now at some point with Taylor Hall. And I did give Taylor Hall a heads up yesterday uh, before I make him actually sign his contract, and I think that's a relationship with Taylor and. The, his response was he just a big smile. He goes, really? I'm like, yeah, so that's fantastic. They had a great relationship. And as you guys may know, that as a former first overall pick, knowing what it's like, Taylor really took Nico under his wing. So kind of everything that I just covered, Ray was saying, you know, Taylor's happy about this contract signing. Taylor and Nico get along very well. And they're kind of similar in this impending contract, upcoming season, whatever. So, breaking off from contracts, let's talk about some players. Uh, there are a few players that I want to highlight today. Um, especially from last, uh, the last game against Vancouver, I think Wayne Simmons had a great game. Now, I know Wayne Simmons hasn't scored this season, but he has looked great out on the ice. He's looked strong, he's looked confident with a puck, and he's gotten a lot of shots on goal. He's always driving towards the goal. He's always driving play. He looks like he's going to have a breakthrough soon, and I just really want that to happen for him because he's a great player, he's a great guy, he deserves it. Um, but especially with the way he's been playing the past two games, especially the game with Vancouver, I just, it was such a close game. It was one nothing, but I, it could have been 
It could have been so much more. And Wayne Simmons had multiple opportunities um, to get a goal. I think we're going to see some great stuff from Wayne Simmons this year. Um, I personally really like the signing of Wayne Simmons. Um, I like Wayne Simmons a lot as a player. I think he brings a lot to a team, um, both skill and uh, reinforcement almost. Um, He brings leadership to the locker room. I think overall he's just a well-rounded player. Um, And I'm really happy with this addition that we got over the summer. I think soon we will see Wayne Simmons break out and start having this great season. Um, Because, I mean, it's the Devils. They have so much talent and they just have to capitalize on it, which they're starting to do. And I think that once we get the ball rolling, once others start to capitalize on their chances, then it'll create more opportunities for everybody else on the team. It'll create more confidence on the team. And I think that Wayne Simmons might be one of those people to kind of get it going. Um, So another person that I really wanted to talk about is Pavel Zaka. I think that he's been playing pretty well and pretty consistently. Um, And I think that if we see him play as consistently as he has been, Hines has no choice but to give him good minutes. And I don't think he... I think he deserves these minutes. Uh, With the way that he's been playing... I think that he deserves the minutes that Hines should be giving him because he's been playing very well, not surprisingly, but almost surprisingly, you know? I think that he's been playing kind of more elevated this season. That's the word I want to go with, elevated. He's kind of, you know, lifted his game up, and I think that... Hines has to take notice of him. Um, So that's another one. Um, And then Mackenzie Blackwood. I mean, come on. He had a shutout against Vancouver. That game could have been way closer than it was. And I know 1-0 is very close. But, I mean, it could have been tied for most of that game. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks could have had a lead for most of that game, honestly. But Mackenzie Blackwood kept it... Kept all of the goals out of his net. He somehow made some amazing saves, some terrific saves that I don't even know how he saved them um, on the Vancouver Canucks. And I think that we owe a lot of that win to him uh, for keeping the pucks out of his net. He played a very good game, and I'm not going to lie, that Buffalo game at the beginning of the season worried me for him. It was not a great way to start the season. Uh, It was not the best foot forward to put with the fans. Um, But I really think that ever since that Buffalo game, he's kind of come back and he's proved himself. And this Vancouver game really, really proved himself to be a solid goaltender. So now I want to get into uh, questions. So every podcast and I'll probably end up doing it just certain days um but for now I'm going to ask for questions from you guys uh for every podcast for the end just to you know 
review, recap, whatever you want, you know? Whatever questions you have, I'm here to answer as best as I can. Um, so I had two questions. One is from at Kalemacars on Twitter. Uh, and they said, why did it take so long for Hughes to score, do you think? Okay, so I have a few thoughts about why it took so long for Jack Hughes to score. And some of them I think I kind of touched on uh, in the earlier part of this podcast. I think he just had some growing pains. I think that it was just, it's he's moving into the NHL as an 18-year-old. That's huge. He's playing with these very, like, a lot of them are a lot older than him, a lot bigger than him. You know, it's going to take some time to adjust. Uh, He needed that little bit of adjustment period. I think that also he had to get his feet under him a little bit. I don't think he was as confident going into the NHL as, you know, some other guys tend to be, like Connor McDavid. I feel like he he needed to get his confidence there, um, and it didn't help, I don't think, that the team wasn't doing great. The team wasn't off to a very great start, and I don't think that helped Jack Hughes in his, you know, adjustment period. I think that all of these are factors into why it took Jack Hughes so long to score, but honestly, it didn't even take him that long to score. Like, people are saying so long to score. He scored... These actual same day, two years later, that Nico Hishier scored his first NHL goal. Just putting that out there. The next question comes from at Far From Hockey on Twitter. They said, It's a slow start, but do you think this team has the piece to turn a corner? Or was it a case of everyone expecting this team to be good on paper, but it was always a possibility to be a non playoff group? So that's a great question, honestly. I really like that question. Because I I do think this team, that's kind of how I felt about this team at the very beginning, uh, was that they looked good on paper, but they weren't making anything of it. Uh, They looked good on paper, but who knows? Maybe they won't make it to the playoffs this year. I think that this team has it in them to turn a new corner and really make something of this season. I think it's way too early for them to be getting down on themselves. I think it's way too early to be like, oh, you know, this season's a throwaway. Like, come on. It it is way too early for that stuff. I really think this team is going to turn a corner. They've already started to. Right now they're on a two-game win streak, and I know two games isn't great, but it's more than they had at the beginning of the season. I mean, they've already started to improve. Um, I think that with this leadership, with Andy Green, with P.K. Subban and Taylor Hall, I think that all the people they have in the locker room, they'll be able to really turn this around. I think that this team is too good to go to waste. I think they have too much potential and too much drive in them to let this just be a wash of a season. Uh, I think that no matter what happens this season, they're going to make a comeback, if you can even call it a comeback because it's so early in the season. But I really do think that they're going to turn a corner. I don't think they're going to be a non-playoff team. I think it's just way too early to assess that. Um, But with the way that they've already bounced back, 
or started to bounce back from their not stellar start to the season, I think that that's just proof of what to expect from this team going forward. And those were my two questions. <laughs> um, please feel free to shoot me a tweet at Locked On Devils um, and ask me questions for our next podcast. I would love to interact with you guys. Uh, I would love to answer all of your questions that you have. I love hearing your insights, uh, especially if they differ from mine, because I love seeing other people's points of views. So keep that in mind uh, when you listen to this later on. Just maybe shoot me a tweet. Um, I really hope you enjoyed the first episode of Locked On Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, I really hope that you guys have a great day. Um, The Devils don't play until Thursday, so you know, just keep an eye out for my next podcast. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about the team, about what to expect on Thursday. Um, And then Thursday night after the game, hopefully you'll be getting another podcast for me. But you will be getting a podcast for me every day, Monday through Friday, um, every week as the season goes. So look forward to that. Um, I really enjoyed my first podcast with you guys. I hope you all enjoyed it too. And that's that for me. Have a good one.